So you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you want to make a podcast of your own. Well, Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast direct to Spotify. Everywhere else podcasts are heard as well. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And if you want to take the conversations of your fans to the next level, you can even do Q&As and polls direct through that same feed. Spotify for podcasters. Get it now. Survivor Series is this weekend from New York City, the spiritual home market of WWE. That is Riku Chino. I am Kev Calm. We're talking about the big backstage drama-rama. Oh my god, we are gonna spill the tea. All right, we're gonna spill all the tea. All right, it's in it's it's some sweet tea between Becky Lynch and Charlotte. How much of the build when they were friends, didn't they used to do like the little they used they used to do this tea thing? So, yeah, spilling the tea is very, very appropriate. There you go. And we're gonna get into all that. Plus, we're talking about some big developments with AEW falling full gear. They're doing punk and MJF, and we're talking to Drew McIntyre, a man who spends a lot of time with us here on Sports Kita. Is can, we go, who- can we go one podcast without you doing your your Irish, Scottish, whatever the hell accent you just you do all the accent. damn time? Accent. <laughs> It's the inside cradle. The inside cradle, Rick Uchino. Watch out, watch out, watch out, watch out. What's up, everybody? If you're I don't want us, this show to be over. Uh, we we are we are taping here, but we still want your comments on screen. We still want you sharing the link so you don't stink all that good stuff. Thank you to the people checking out our show. Obviously, on all the different video channels, we are uh, now clipping very close to twenty three thousand subscribers on YouTube. If you are a subscriber, make sure you turn those notifications on. If you haven't, go ahead and uh, subscribe right down there. Jump into the comments below. Even if you're watching on demand, we still want to know what you guys think. Uh, of course, you guys can follow us on the Twitter machines. Our handles are uh, right there on the screen. Uh, on the podcast side of things, thank you for everyone who is checking out our podcast of the show, putting us in the top 100 Apple wrestling podcasts in the United States, Great Britain, Great Britain, Canada, and Australia in the past month. The top 20 in Ireland, Rick Uchino. Jesus. That's the crack. This should, be, this, this, should crack. Be, this should be a huge episode in Ireland then because we're talking basically wall-to-wall Becky Lynch today. <laughs> we're, t- we're talking a lot of Becky Lynch today. Uh, that is the main thing going into Survivor Series this weekend. I mean, th- I do think, uh, like, I like it's been the pattern for WWE pay-per-views for the past year, year and a half. Some people think the build to, uh, on a television doesn't really build to a pay-per-view. It's just a build to what's going on on the television by itself. It's not building to a payoff at a pay-per-view. Almost like is WWE storyline lies looking past Survivor Series. Day one is going to be a huge pay-per-view. You know, they're putting a lot of marketing capabilities into that. I've already talked to people that they think there will be a very big, significant marketing push. But then here we go. We had Roman Reigns on The Tonight Show last night. You know, and we're, we're going to have several WWE superstars doing a tape sketch this week on on the late show with Stephen Colbert and CBS. So they are hitting the media market of New York pretty hard here, and they're going to do very well ticket-wise at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. So, I mean, they are putting the pedal to the metal this week, which lines up. I do think Survivor Series will be better than people think, but people are talking about one match on this show. Yeah, and they are for sure, and that has a lot to do 
with Becky and Charlotte themselves to, to give them, I guess, I guess credit is the right word. Cause there is a lot of realism that's kind of mixed in there and we'll get into it. I think the people's biggest problem with the build to survivor series is that WWE just kind of took the, I hate to say it, but kind of took the lazy route and just went, ah, people know what survivor series is about. It's battle for brand supremacy. So we don't really have to start doing anything until two weeks out. And we'll just start announcing matches and competitors online and this, that, and the other thing. And yeah, we'll, we'll just put on a nice little show for the folks. They already know what the matches are. So why even try? Mm -hmm. I think that's the issue that a lot of people had is that this this program, this pay-per-view, which is a, 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 a one of the four pillows, as JR would say, of WWE pay-per-views is not being treated like it, to be completely honest, until the last minute, until the absolute last minute, they didn't start treating this like a major four pay-per-view or an, even a, an event that, that actually mattered. And depending on who you talk to, there are a lot of people who don't think that this event matters that all that much. So... This is something we'll get into a, a little bit later after we uh, play a clip of my chat with Drew McIntyre is, is it time to revamp Survivor Series? Uh, here's a spoiler for you. Yes. And I'll explain, <laughs> I'll explain why uh, coming up here in a little bit. Uh, but yes, the one match that everybody is looking forward to is Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch doing the media rounds this week. I didn't get to talk to her, but uh, you know, whatever. I'm not, I'm not bitter or anything. Uh, but she got to talk to all the, all, all, all the big people this week, Bleacher Report and, you know, the MMA, um, and MMA hour with Ariel Hawani. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, who she made some headlines this week, spilling all the tea as uh, we should say about Charlotte and, you know, not trusting her and what really went down in that backstage interaction and, uh, really kind of just blowing past Ric Flair and the things that he put out there on Twitter said she had a, a response for him, but decided not to give him the time of the day uh, and basically called the uh, former 16 time world champion sad uh, for trying to now ride her coattails to relevancy. And she, she dropped a lot of bombs uh, on that program. I'm not going to spill everything for you. You want to check it out and you haven't by all means, please go check that out. Cause it's a fantastic interview, but man, it, it just put more fuel and more gasoline on the fire this week. And I don't know still to this day, how much of it's a shoot, how much of it's a work. My guess is it's a little bit of both and, and both women being the professionals that they are knowing that this is a conflict business and conflict creates what Kevin cash cold hard cash and and lynch besides just going at it in this area hawani thing she's really stirring the pot for the real casual fan which does follow her on twitter yeah. she's one of those people that isn't just followed on twitter by the hardcore wrestling fan there are casual people that like her and i think that's a difference here too i think we kind of see the difference with the female stars in the last four or five years when they get something hot casual people respond to it in a different way right not just you and i this is something where we're talking cross aisle over and, and that's the over you want to be now is wb hitting this off here on twitter when i look at the responses to a tweet here that she's doing that are through the roof you know through the roof traffic here we're talking you know high impression rates probably over half a million people seeing just a tweet you're doing like uh like becky lynch tweeting this one uh charlotte is going off saying there's nothing natural about you in a promo on smackdown charlotte going off on, on becky this past week yeah and of course becky responds with ha 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 did charlotte just say there's nothing natural about me 
That's brilliant. Uh, so say whatever you want. Some people saying Becky hasn't had. I've, I've heard some people say Becky's come back, but she's she looks great. She just hasn't had a barn burner bell to bell in the ring match. But she's had some promos. She's had some promos. Hold on. Who the hell is saying that? I didn't say it. I didn't say it. I'm just saying I've heard it. I'm How? Just saying I heard it. Do do you watch wrestling? Did you watch her and Bianca at Extreme Rules? I was there in person. It was fantastic. Did you watch the triple threat match in Saudi Arabia? It was great. Did you watch the match that she had with Bianca on Raw? What are what what are you watching? And then you have people you have people that say uh, to counter Charlotte. Oh, she's she has great matches, and yeah, she gets her heat, but she's only there because she's Ric Flair's kid. Like the same old crap with her that people get. Sure. Like, she is somebody that people just like to not like. They like, they enjoy, they pick her out. They say, well, if I'm going to love all these other wrestlers, it's going to be one that I don't like for sure, right? And people have their favorites. And these are two people that people have very divisive opinions about. Um, and they're both heels. That's another thing talking about going into this match. In terms of way WWE slots you and your roles and what they're writing for, these are both heels. Uh, but I think they're going to get some. And of course, you're going into New York, which is an extremely smart wrestling market. Very yeah. vocal fans. You know, this is a major. They, they this is the come show up city, and they're going to want something, and they're going to pick their favorites when that bell rings. Yeah, and look, with these two, throw baby faces and heel out the window. Yeah, nobody cares. This is they're, the personal issue. They're invested in the relationship. And the evolution of this story, how real it actually is, I don't think we'll ever know until they're both retired and the documentary comes out 20 years from now and they they spill the actual tea of everything that has gone on here. But the evolution of their relationship that started in 2018 at SummerSlam, talk about Becky, you know, always being the underdog and then all of a sudden she she finally got that moment where she just slapped the shit out of charlotte and the crowd lost it and all of a sudden she was on a meteoric rise and charlotte couldn't handle that right charlotte was always the one that was being in the spotlight she was the one talking about the best she was the one that was going to be the first woman ever to main event wrestlemania against ronda rousey and here comes becky lynch and becky lynch takes over everything and Charlotte, the fact that she never gets the credit from the fans and the fans always love Becky and it just eats away at Charlotte, it just eats away at her, eats away at her. And all of a sudden that that real life, you know, moments of success for your best friend. But damn it, what about me? And then all of a sudden you're not supposed to be up there. That's supposed to be my spot erodes that friendship. Partially in real life, Becky goes off, has a relationship. She does her thing. Charlotte, you know, they, they split apart. And now here we go again after they haven't been in the ring with each other for, for, for quite some time. Now, all of a sudden you're seeing Becky kind of mold into the fact that she's not that underdog anymore. Now she, she's big time Bex. Uh, she is the, the, the top dog. She is the, at the top of the women's division. As long as she's been active, she's been a champion and now she's got everybody coming at her and now she is cutthroat, right? She's going to do whatever she has to do to stay at the top and stay in that mold. And Charlotte is now using that saying, look, you have to change yourself. You have to reinvent yourself every six months to stay relevant. Meanwhile, I'm just doing me and I'm still this damn good. It's the, the ebbs and flows of this and the, the realism and just everything that is going into this makes this so damn good. This is natural progression, long-term storytelling, just like what we saw in AEW with Hangman Adam Page that everybody you know loved, that whole two-year arc of Hangman Adam Page. This is the same thing we're seeing with Becky and Charlotte. 
and it's great. And this is what WWE needs to focus on because I don't know if they accidentally fell into this because, again, I don't know how much is real and how much isn't. But this is the kind of stuff that people gravitate toward. Not Liv Morgan and Carmella fighting because Carmella says, I'm hotter than you. Like, that's not what people gravitate towards. That's not what real people argue over. This kind of stuff that goes on in real life, this kind of storytelling and arc and a friendship uh, being devolved by success or varying success for each person. That's the kind of stuff that they need to focus on more. Uh, and there's some big matches on the Survivor Series show, but it, I don't think the plan was for this to be the most talked about match. Or, I mean, obviously, you're not going to say no to it. Uh, and all these elements come together. It's really based off of this incident from early November, uh, uh, right after the Crown Jewel pay-per-view. They're going to exchange those titles on TV. The draft shakes everything up, so that's how WWE writes it. Everyone involved felt, nah, maybe there's another way we could do this, but whatever. Becky Lynch is supposed to pose with both belts. Uh, that is the plan. Charlotte apparently doesn't think that's going to make her look great. Sonya Deville is supposed to oversee this thing. It closes SmackDown. So now on, on top of that, you're closing out the most watched wrestling show. All right. Mm -hmm. Sorry, AEW fans. It's the most watched wrestling show. Definitely it, it, on Friday nights. It's not, that's and not, overall a, that's not a knock. That's just a fact. You're it's just a fact. fact. Uh, so they go to do this segment. And apparently the way they exchange the belts is awkward. Uh, with Charlotte dropping the title, like physically throwing the title in her direction and Becky responding almost the same way. Uh, Sonya getting upset, likely at Charlotte, but both of them. Words exchanged by all three superstars backstage in Gorilla. Charlotte escorted, uh, escorted out of the arena to kind of avoid more drama. I believe Becky had to go out and perform a dark match. Dark match. And, that, that. And, and that's what she told uh, Ariel is like, look, this whole segment wasn't supposed to be about me. This was supposed to be about Charlotte and Sasha and setting up something between uh, the two of them. Another I thing is we're not even mentioned Sasha coming out there and setting something up. And now they got completely away from that. Right. And Becky told uh, Ariel is like, look, I had a feeling she was going to do this. Like I knew that she was going to do this. And then when she did it, she said, I just lost it. Like I just lost it. And, and, and words were exchanged in the back. And now all of a sudden, WWE, which is, again, a business created around conflict, professional wrestling, yes. as much as they want to say that they're an entertainment company, it's still professional wrestling. Now, all of a sudden, they, they're, they're seeing money and they, they're knowing that they have to play on this. And this was smart by WWE because they could have just swept this under the rug and done, you know, whatever. I wouldn't be surprised if this got completely overblown for the sake of trying to build some hype around this. Again, how much is a work? How much is a shoot? We may never know but it got people talking and this is why people are excited to watch his pay-per-view on Sunday as great as Biggie and Roman Reigns is going to be as great as Shinsuke Nakamura. Yes. He's, he's still the intercontinental champion, by the way, uh, taking on Damian priest is going to slap. All right. People are tuning in because they care about Charlotte and Becky Lynch. And by the way, this should be the slam dunk main event of the night. No disrespect to Biggie and Roman Reigns. Uh, we'll talk more about the entire card here for Survivor Series coming up in this show. Uh, but let's jump over to some hot topics have, coming out of uh, what's been going on with AEW. They had a hot weekend. Uh, Full Gear was it was a very, very fun show. I enjoyed it. I thought there were some weaker points uh, that just, uh, you know, weren't as great as people made them out to be. Maybe I'm just a jerk because I'm well, taking well, the edge we off things. And to be fair, we we had something because when we did the post show, uh, one of the things we criticized was the ending of the uh, the tag team match between FTR and, and the Lucha Brothers. And now it comes out that, you know, an injury 
uh, involved in that matchup kind of altered the ending and and really kind of made things awkward uh, for a lot of people. So that kind of stuff coming out later, you know, kind of hinders our criticism of it. But there, yes, it wasn't a perfect show, albeit a still a really, really good show. Brian Danielson won the Eliminator Tournament Final against Miro, which seemed like the right direction to go. He's a huge superstar. You are putting him in these big showcase matches. He's beating some of the biggest guys who've developed. Uh, and you have to now get him against the biggest guy you've developed and your new world champion who had a two-year climb to that title and Adam Hangman Page. But we're getting a heel Danielson. It definitely seems divisively heel, especially on this week's Dynamite, which came after the pay-per-view. Oh, yeah. Just quick. Just turned it on real quick. It's like he made that decision or they made that decision. Like, this isn't going to be a quick one-off match. This is going to be a slow burn. And at the end of the night, you know, or at the end of the opening segment anyway, Daniel Bryan says, look, I will go through every single member of the Dark Order until I get to Hangman Adam Page, until he is ready to finally face me. And I, it, it just, last night was a showcase of how great Bryan Danielson is is because he goes from happy baby face everybody loves him ecstatic that he's there people still doing the yes chance and on the drop of a dime they're booing the shit out of him in that building this is what this is what wwe wanted to happen with becky lynch and bianca is they wanted to find a way to get people to start booing becky instantly and it just hasn't worked a part of it is is I think not not that Becky's more likable uh, than than Brian Danielson. It's just she's so damn beloved that people don't want to boo her no matter what she does. Brian has been a successful heel before, which admittedly is something that Becky has not been because people love her so damn much. And WWE's writing of that heel character isn't as good as what Brian Danielson did last night. It's also night. the crowd. You know, you have a really, really crowd. smart wrestling crowd. They're males. Yes. They'll kind of know, all right, this is where the story's going. Uh, if I'm biting, I have to make noise. Whereas a casual wrestling crowd's like, keep it going until you get me. You know, yeah. you're like, you know, like it's sometimes the difference between a college football crowd and a Los Angeles Rams Chargers. We're from a different town, but we live in LA, so we'll go to the football game. And the, you <laughs> yeah. know, is the team good? Then I'm not. I'm not paying attention to yeah, the. Playoffs, you're you're so. Rob Lowe sitting in the stands with an NFL hat on. That's what. <laughs> that's what you're doing in that instance. Uh, but yeah, man, like it's amazing. It's like all he had to do was was crap on hangman for not being ready to compete and all he had to say was when i won the world title at wrestlemania all he had to do was say wrestlemania in front of an aew crowd and they lost their shit oh my no don't say something about wwe but we only care about you because you were in wwe don't do that don't tell us that we have a double standard about your value as a fandom no don't bring up the thing that's clearly a huge problem with a lot of our characters we brought over from wwe as we constantly have to make reference to their past to give our own very very still very very new brand credibility in the eyes of casual people clicking through the channels like it's something they have to do yeah no they they have have to to. they They absolutely have to that's why they brought chris jericho over in the first damn place chris jericho to this day with the exception of maybe CM Punk, we'll, we'll see long-term. Chris Jericho, to this day, is the most important signing that AEW ever made is because it gave that brand instant credibility. This is, you. oh my God, they brought they brought Chris Jericho over? They brought Chris, Jer- Chris Jericho is going to be in AEW. 
this may be something I need to check out. It gave them instant credibility. He was an obvious first choice for their world champion. And now they've spent the last two years building up Hangman Adam Page. And now he is the guy. The crowd loves him so much that they turned on Brian Danielson in a heartbeat. And here we go. And I'm glad they're they're slow playing this. I'm glad this isn't kind of a, a, a one-off situation. I do think that Hangman Adam Page is going to, to beat Daniel Bryan. And that's a big feather in his cap for his world title run is to hand Brian Danielson his uh, his first loss uh, in AEW. War of Words, two of the biggest talkers in wrestling right now. Yeah, uh, one is really a veteran though. who returned to the business in the biggest wrestling story of the year, CM Punk coming back to wrestling and all elite wrestling. I was there at the United Center and probably the promo of the year in terms of what he did and the business he created for the company. Uh, and then he's in there with uh, the hottest heel who likes being a heel. And I, I, I I'll say this. I don't think... He'll be a, a baby face for a very long time. I don't think fans, I mean, I they will love to hate this guy. He will say the most controversial TV 14 wrestling insults that he possibly can. Punk and MJF, it's happening. The promo was uh, definitely an indication that it's going in that direction. Uh, this is a big match. This is going to be a long build. Every time they do something with MJF, they always go long haul with him, don't they? And, and last night was so damn perfect. Because because ever since CM Punk came to WWE, one of the things that, or excuse me, came to AEW, one of the things that people have said they want to see almost immediately is they want to see a promo exchange between MJF and CM Punk. They wanted that to happen. And when CM Punk's music hit last night, that crowd erupted. I erupted. I was in the middle of working out, like seriously, like lifting weights, like mid-set. And because that's the only time I have to do it. I have kids. All right. I'm not blowing off AEW people. But... So I'm watching the TV. I'm doing my set. I immediately drop the weights when I hear CM Punk's music hit because I'm like, oh, shit, it's happening. I had that office moment. Mm -hmm. Punk walks down to the ring. It's the moment everybody's been waiting for. He just smiles at MJF and he walks off. Doesn't say a freaking word. Just leaves MJF standing in the ring holding his sack. Like, that's just all he did. That's all he had to do. It was the perfect tease. It was the perfect nugget. AEW knew this is what we've been waiting to see. And they're like, oh, you're going to get it. You're not going to get it right now. It was so perfect last night. And I think this is the, the next natural step for, uh, for MJF after everything that he's done. Yeah, why not go ahead and give people what they want to see, which is CM Punk and him. And whenever they do finally exchange words, holy shitballs. Strap yourself in, ladies and gentlemen. That Drew McIntyre conversation coming up here—a fantastic interview, by the way. We're gonna have that. We're gonna have this clip here coming up in just a second, uh, ahead of Survivor Series. Another AEW story to follow is kind of the come. We we have we have the the bounce up. We have what they're ramping up with after this big pay per view in Minneapolis. But who is kind of being faded out? You you have some people that are gonna kind of be scaled back, and one clear scale back is Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega losing the AEW world title. He had a very long run with it. The same time he had this title at one point, he also held the AAA Mega Championship and the Impact Wrestling Championship and the big crossover with the Impact brand. Uh, the whole time, a majority of this, he was working with an injured shoulder. Wrestling Observer's Dave Meltzer adding more indication and uh, insight in this because he has their ear uh, that Kenny had some really serious shoulder problems. Uh, even before he won this title, in December of 2020, he had some serious shoulder problems uh, where he was constantly having to have some type of work, uh, some physical you know, alterations on it, uh, and he couldn't even lift 
properly with the shoulder when he was working out. Uh, and then he worked some amazing, amazing, amazing matches with it. Yeah. Uh, now you put him on the shelf. You have a Kenny Omega of a certain age. You have a Kenny Omega post New Japan, which we all know is a style that is very taxing. When do we see him again? Is it best to keep him off? For me, it's best to keep him off TV for a significant period of time. Yeah, and I think last night they really kind of set that up. It was just a very brief uh, kind of exchange, um, you know, with Kenny and the Young Bucks and and Adam Cole, and and really they they did a lot of brilliant things, kind of subtly there. They they definitely put over Hangman big time with with Kenny not saying not making excuses or anything. It's like, yeah, you won, I lost, good on you. And then he sits there and he says, I'm going to take some time off to reassess. I need I need you to make sure everything's okay. Adam Cole busts in and says, look, man, I, I got it. I got it. And Kenny's like, I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to the Bucks. <laughs> and it just it just sets everything up for the, the super click to split. Maybe Adam Cole kind of like, you know what? It kind of reminded me of like when, when Shawn Michaels had to take time away and, D- and, and Triple H kind of rose to the head of DX. And then when Shawn Michaels came back, he was like, nah, no, I'm this, this is my group now. I'm, I'm the guy now. Get, get the hell out of here. Uh, we don't need Shawn Michaels anymore. I kind of f- have a feeling that's where they might lead build towards with Adam Cole taking over as the super click. They'll have, you know, uh, uh, Bobby Fish uh, in there as well. So now you got the Bucks and Fish and Cole. And then Kenny Omega is going to come back and Adam Cole is going to be like, nah, baby, nah. We don't need Kenny Omega anymore. We have Adam Cole, Bay Bay, and I think that's where they're building toward, and I like it. Is it stealing a WWE storyline? Yeah, kind of, if they do it that way, but that doesn't mean it's not good, and I think that's what uh, they're going for here, and I liked it. They did, a lot, they did a lot of really smart, really, really good things last night, and the wrestling was great. It was, it was a good episode of Dynamite last night. There's, there's no doubt about it, and it's excited to see what uh, storylines that they've uh, laid the seeds for. It's certainly going to be an interesting time here. Let's jump into our conversation with Drew McIntyre, former WWE champion. We get to talk to Drew quite a bit, uh, and Drew is... I think I've talked to him more this year than I have my best friend. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you and I interviewed him together, and then I spoke yeah. to him as well uh, for different regional things he was doing in the Midwest. And it was... He's just a great interview. He doesn't uh, he doesn't dart around answers or anything like that. He gets, Open. He, Honest. very open uh and gives you insight and also says stuff that he wants to do that may or may not be happening like um look up our conversation with, with him about doing this big stadium show in the uk that, that's still something he wants to do yeah. he will hammer that needle whenever he's asked uh and now he's talking survivor series but he's also saying things at survivor series he wants to happen that may or may not be happening and, uh, and of and, course you know with everybody talking about God, brand supremacy doesn't matter. Brand supremacy doesn't matter. My God, look, look, at, look at these rosters. You have so many different people uh, who were just on uh, uh, Raw last uh, three weeks ago or who are on SmackDown you know, a few weeks ago who are now fighting on separate brands. This doesn't make any sense. Well, that goes especially so for Drew McIntyre, who's basically been on Raw for three years. He was the top guy on Raw for a year, and now he is captaining Team SmackDown just a few weeks after being drafted. I talked about that. Is the draft too close to Survivor Series? You know, is, is the battle of brand supremacy mean anything? Is it time to revamp? And he gave me his uh, his honest thoughts about his motivation uh, coming up uh, for the big pay-per-view on Sunday. 
I don't know about this necessarily the stakes and brand supremacy thing. Like for me, it's just the case of we're on Survivor Series. We're part of one of the multi-man matches. Like I used to love when I was growing up and I want to be one of the survivors. Like for, it's more like personal pride. It's like, okay, well, we'll represent SmackDown. That's all fine and dandy, but I'm representing Drew McIntyre. And I want to go out there and run through some of the best that Raw has to offer. And if I'm one of the last, when I'm one of the last ones standing, I'm going to say, damn right, all eyes are on Drew McIntyre. I just won Survivor Series, the Survivor Series match. And that's what it's about to me. Your first and if anyone else is like SmackDown did it, yeah, you know, just moved here. They can as well, but realistically, I'm, a, I'm all about Drew McIntyre being a survivor. I've always kind of looked at it as like it's baseball. Like you just got traded. Like it, you know, you just got traded and you're on a new team and you're you're pushing for a postseason run or something like that. You're gonna be, you know, just as excited and and, and putting in the, the team effort. So I was kind of equated yeah. it to that. Just build but, up those like equity points. Like, you know, in the end, we hopefully all of us are looking to fight the top champion, which is Roman Reigns right now. You just want to keep building up as much momentum as you possibly can. And being a survivor and team uh, on the Survivor Series team just helps you get closer to that goal. Yeah, we will get to Roman Reigns coming up uh, in just a little bit. But uh, your first Survivor Series match was all the way back in 2009. You were a member of Team Miz. You defeated Team Morrison. You were one of the survivors in that match. What do you remember most about heading into that? Because that was roughly, what, about three months after your, your, your main roster debut? You are just 24 years old at the time. What do you remember most about that uh, leading up into that and that match specifically? Uh, being nervous. We're just nervous all the time during that period, getting all these huge opportunities, all these huge matches. And myself and Seamus were on the same team, which was pretty cool because uh, I think currently we're at odds with each other. I can never keep up. We're on and off so much. <laughs> one of these celebrity couples or something um but yeah like at the time that like him and i are just gonna hit the scene and we're really making some waves in wwe which was awesome for us we came through the ranks together and suddenly we're going to be part of a survivor series match and then at, by the end of the match hey uh, there's the famous picture where i think seamus likes to say is myself seamus and mez and he goes look at drew and i victorious with that fan that bust in the ring after the match <laughs> <laughs> oh man you, you you bring up seamus um you guys are on the on the same brand still. You know he's going to be coming back. Uh, I believe this Friday. Uh, you know Cesaro and uh, and uh, Ridge Holland are, are fighting over him right now. But it, it is it, it is my pipe dream of a Drew McIntyre Sheamus tag team run where you guys just beat the hell out of everybody. Is is there still hope for that happening one day? There's always hope for that happening. And realistically, we have a space left on Team SmackDown. And although we're kind of at odds with each other right now, I would pick him before anybody to be on the same team fighting side by side because side by side we're an indestructible force chances are once we beat the other team up we're going to beat each other up but as long as we smash the opposition first and then if we happen to free up another position then slot and cesaro there you've got the super bar and the three of us together <laughs> damage done that okay now that's a faction i want to see i want to see the super bar now like just put all three of you guys together and just Run yeah. rough shot over Cesaro's a pretty patient man. Like, he can probably put up with me and Seamus constantly fighting each other, even though we're supposed to be friends. I'm pretty sure he'd probably just be entertained by the whole, you know, thing. Oh, uh, he'd be sitting there just telling dad jokes, laughing at us the whole time. Uh, it so if you could be tag team champions with anybody, would it be Seamus or would they be somebody else, you know, that you would uh, that you would want to pick there? Hmm. Let me see difficult situation because I can't turn my back on them even if we're tag team champions but at the same time I know how much chemistry we have and how physical we are and how terrified people are to know they're fighting one of us one-on-one -on -one, but together or opposition would be like back in the day when you'd hear about certain wrestlers walking up to the board and seeing their name across from certain people going nope and leaving the building I know that's what most people would do they saw Seamus and I as a tag team so 
Yeah, I guess I would pick him and just to be entertaining for the fans how much would be on and off during that relationship. We need that therapist that you know Team Hell No used to have, Dr. <laughs> Shelby, whatever he was called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. That would be a lot of fun. I again, that's that's one of my pipe dreams. Like when you guys like originally started, you know, feuding la- uh, earlier this year, or last year, or whatever it was, all everything just blends together now anymore. Uh, I was one of those ones. I was like, damn it, I was really hoping they wouldn't turn on each other and that they would team up. So I'm still hoping that uh, uh, we get to see that uh, one day. Uh, it is Survivor Series uh, weekend. Last year, Survivor Series though, uh, you were in it. You went up against Roman Reigns. I would put that main event up against any other match last year. Uh, I thought it was one of the matches of the year for sure. And I think the the general consensus among the people, you know, nerds like myself who talk with one another is that you were drafted over to SmackDown to challenge the head of the table for the Universal Championship sooner rather than later. I know you have to be champing at the bit uh, to get another shot at Roman Reigns, especially how last year's match ended. Yeah, I am. I excited, uh, not for if, but when that match is going to come. And it seemed like everyone on the roster, along with all the fans, were like, well, obviously, this is the match that's just going to happen. And I'm the first one to say, all right, all right, let's take a step back. Like, if you look at the lay of the land right now, even though you know he doesn't always win clean and he's got the biggest head uh, on planet Earth, some may say deservedly so. Um, Roman's been on like a winning streak and a character shift that wrestling mate I've never seen before. He's got all the momentum in the world right now. And I can be honest and say, I don't. So for me to jump right into that match, I don't want to do it right now. I like, I'm a very patient, man. I've been around the game for over 20 years, just like I did on Raw. I'm happy to start with something in like my open challenge and start proving myself against everybody. And I'll start from the bottom. I'll go through every single superstar I have to go through. I'll be a survivor and team survivor series. I'll do whatever it takes to remind everybody, not show everyone, because I've shown everybody what I'm capable of, but remind everybody how good I am, but at the same time, have Roman watching me the whole time going, ah, crap, he's coming for me and he's taking his time about it. So that's my plan anyway. I don't know what anyone else's plan is, but I would like to take as long as possible to build Drew McIntyre back up to where he needs to be to make that match as big as possible. As long as possible to build up to that match. Wow. Rick, Rick, you're on mute, bud. You're on mute. Sorry. That's Sorry. okay. You did my thing. I I I love the fact that he didn't want to just come over and immediately step up to Roman Reigns, that he wanted to make it make sense. I love that line where he said, look, I can be honest, I don't have any momentum right now because he did lose a, a, pretty much all of his big matches heading over there. He lost to Bobby Lashley. He lost to Big E. There was somebody else that he lost to. Uh, yeah, Damian Priest. He was like Damian Priest, like first big win after like 80 straight matches against like The Miz and, and, and John Morrison. So he had lost all of these matches heading over to SmackDown. Everybody's looking at just the equity that had been built up recently from all the superstars that are on that brand and go, well, there's nobody else. Obviously, obviously he has to be the one to challenge Roman Reigns. And he's like, no, I don't. I, I haven't done shit to earn that opportunity yet. He didn't say shit. I said shit. You heard what he actually said, but I, I love that. He about wants him. that he long, wants hard road to Roman Reigns. What's the longest, hardest road in the WWE? Oh, is that the is that the road to mm, mm. WrestleMania? Possibly, maybe, sort yep. of, kind of. Who's the guy that won a WrestleMania but didn't get his big title win at WrestleMania? I, I'll tell you this much. In front of a crowd. He didn't get it in front of a crowd. Right. I think the the match that's going to happen at WrestleMania is Roman and Brock. 
I would do Roman versus Drew personally. I think that match was was so damn good. Big, you, bigger uh, box office marquee thing with Brock and Roman, and you with you've, Brock and Roman, yeah. yeah. But if you're gonna take the title off of Roman, and I'm not saying that they are going to take the title off of Roman, I'd give it to Drew a million times over before I give that win to Brock Lesnar because Brock Lesnar doesn't need it. I don't even think Drew needs it. To be completely honest with you, when Roman Reigns loses, it needs to be that we made a guy. You can make a guy. His reign is 444 days long as of today. Nobody has pinned that man's shoulders to the ground in over two years, if memory serves correct. Mm -hmm. That is a money-making win for somebody. This is, the t this is the moment that you can create a star by simply beating Roman Reigns. I don't think it should be Big E this Sunday, but I would prefer Big E to beat Roman Reigns as opposed to somebody else. Brock Lesnar doesn't need this win. If I'm booking things, I'll go ahead and do Brock and Roman. I'll do it at the Royal Rumble. Have Roman Reigns win. And then if there's nobody else, if you can't get the Rock, which is something that got brought up uh, big oh, time. Oh, uh, why oh, Roman we're Reigns talking about that. I know Fallon. we didn't put it in a rundown, but I was not, not doing this show without talking about some Fallon mainstream heat here this week. Fallon brought that up. If you can't get the Rock for WrestleMania, Drew McIntyre is the route that I would go, to be completely honest with you. All right, so a uh, little bit of housekeeping here. Survivor Series is, of course, this Sunday. We will be live after Survivor Series, so make sure your notifications are on on Facebook, on YouTube to join us for that post show on Sunday, uh, and then Saturday Sunday, afternoon. Sunday, Sunday. Uh, uh, Saturday afternoon, Rick. I will align my forces with you, my bitter trivia enemy, because we have other enemies. We're like Seamus and Drew McIntyre of trivia. Yes. Former world because champions. our enemies come from. But the you're Northeast. a former world champion. Excuse me. You're a former former world champion. I am the current, undefeated, undisputed, longest reigning sports key to wrestling trivia champion. I, I have to do the plug, Rick. I have to do the plug, even though you're selling yourself. Saturday, November twentieth. We'll have friends joining us from Fightful. Friends joining us from AdFreeShows.com. Friends joining us from Wrestling Daily. Uh, and talk sports. So we'll have an international affair uh, for this four-on-four -four trivia clash. If you follow wrestling media, this is going to be a fun pre-Survivor Series party. Uh, if you're going to Survivor Series, hit us up on socials. Like, tag us in your posts and different stuff like that. We'll retweet that. We'll share some of that. Uh, our very own Sid is going to be on the ground in New York City. He'll be leading a team against your team. So I'll be on your team, four-on-four, -four, elimination style just like the Survivor Series, and we'll be doing trivia this Saturday afternoon. We're trying to shoot in the 4 o'clock, 5 p.m. Central, uh, 5, 4, 4 Central, 5 p.m. in the East uh, hour, so look out for that. Uh, that'll be late night for our friends in India time as well, uh, but you'll be able to catch it at On Demand right before Survivor Series, a perfect little teaser. We'll also have a Survivor Series preview up with Sid as well, and a bunch of different content from New York City with some of the big names in WWE, boots on the ground, all that good stuff. And that Drew McIntyre interview, 20 minutes with Drew. We got 20 minutes with him where he also lays out who he wants on that Survivor Series team. Uh, other things that he wants to do in WWE moving forward. So very, very exciting stuff. Lots of Survivor Series special content up right now on the website. I just dropped, uh, I just cut a short little rant on the Montreal screw job. So tons of stuff there. Should we Should we go ahead and uh, we, we kind of give him the nugget. Should we give him the roster for the Survivor Series trivia team? Sure, lay it out, man. Sh team Sid which will be decimated 
uh, in a, in a clean sweep 4 0. Mm -hmm. I have, I have no doubt about that. Mm -hmm. Uh, our very own Jose G, um, where you two have had your battles, of course, and, uh, myself and Jose had battled and I decimated both of you. But, uh, when I was aligning my roster, I decided to go with you because I, I, I think you are, uh, you are better than him and you do own a win over, uh, Jose for sure. Uh, Alex McCarthy from TalkSport uh, will also be part of uh, Sid's team. Very solid. Very solid choice. Guy knows his stuff. Uh, and then uh, their wrestling daily cohorts, uh, Sat E, not Big E, Sat E, uh, is going to be uh, joining uh, Team Sid as well. So a, a per it's an okay lineup. It's an okay yeah. lineup. It's fine. I mean, Sid's very, it's very good. It's, it's nice that they're coming for the party. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Sid's very, very good. Uh, you Maybe know they're not leaving with a goodie bag, but they're coming. Now. They can bring their lunch. But we're gonna eat it. Team Team Chino, on the other hand, not only do they have the undefeated, undisputed, longest reigning sports kid wrestling trivia champion. Rick, Rick, you're talking about yourself again, bud. Is the as the team captain, uh, Kev Kellum, who has wins over Jose G, who is looking for revenge against SP3, a much yes, better show. So I know you're motivated. That that yes. it's the motivation factor is why I picked you. You're on my team. Mm-hmm. Kate Hensler, who is better at trivia than she is about bitching about women's storylines in WWE from Fifle.com. She'll be joining us. She's, 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 shoot, she's shooting all the shots on Twitter. I don't know if you've been following recently. <laughs> yeah, she is. <laughs> and then my, my team's all about winners, man. You might say that Kate's been unleashed. You might say that Kate's been unleashed, Rick. Uh, let's not use the term unleashed. Let's just not do that. All right. You know why. Let's not use the term unleashed. <laughs> I think she would laugh about that too. She would. <laughs> and then my team's all about winners. The last member of our team has won a freaking Emmy with a sore freaking throat. Mm -hmm. Emmy award shows. winners. Emmy award from, winners. From ad free shows, John Alba rounding out the team. This is going to be a total domination. Team Sid. It's not even going to be fair. Four o'clock this Saturday. Come and watch the showdown. It's got to be a bloodbath. And you can play along in the chat, all that good stuff. So definitely check it out and get it on demand if you can't catch it live this Saturday afternoon. Want to talk about this? You brought up Roman Reigns. Yeesh. Drew McIntyre brought up Roman Reigns Yeesh. in the interview clip here. And Roman Reigns doing the media tour this week for Survivor Series. Survivor Series in New York City. He's on The Tonight Show, quite the charmer. Right, he's 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 rocking at least a two grand suit, custom made, head to toe. All right, and he's looking smooth, lean, and mean. And the subject of his uncle, The Rock, the biggest movie star in the world, uh, the 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 biggest wrestler of all time, uh, and also a member of his Anawahi Samoan wrestling dynasty family, comes up. And uh, in the topic of that, Jimmy Fallon brings it up. I can tell you from talking to people that I know who have experience and insight into the production of late night television, that this was, this was intended. <laughs> this was an intended segment. This was, this was something that 100% before he got there, he knew he was going to have to talk about the rock. Uh, they do have pre-match, you know, pr uh, talking points. So this was a part of that. Uh, and, Reigns, knowing that he's going to be talking about his uncle, knowing he's going to be talking about this big match that fans want to see. They want to see Roman Reigns versus The Rock. 
if The Rock comes back for a match, I think this is the match people have wanted him to come back for probably more than him and Brock, right? Uh, oh, and yeah, hands down. How does Reigns respond to this? Like, oh, wow, yeah, that would be great. Or his instant reaction. His instant reaction to the live audience in 30 Rock and NBC Tower down there in New York City is, you guys know that guy, right? (laughs) His response is, you guys know that guy, right? This is how much better Roman is as a flippant, lost in his own type thing but also mind you, when you're doing these interviews when you're in a late night talk show you're you're going in and out of as drew would say kafabi you're going in and yeah. out of kafabi all right and and he protected kafabi he was protecting the kafab and he had his fob key out and he, he he swiped on it here now it was interesting that he did that but then he kind of slides back into the reality of it he's like but he's also stirring the pot and he was super casual about this watching this it was graceful it was so graceful because he's doing this for a casual audience. Uh, like, are you, is Roman, is Rock going to show up in Survivor Series? Are you guys going to have this match that everyone wants you to have? And Jimmy Fallon, for his for his part, is doing his job here too. Yeah. I don't know if he wants it. That's the kind, that's the kind of something that we do in our family as part of, as part of, as far as professional wrestling, sports, entertainment, WWE. That is our platform. This is our family business. Hammer the nail, Roman. That's the way you do it. You've just sold. A match. You just his, sold his it for entire... casual fans who didn't know that this was the thing because there's probably millions of people that didn't know Rowan Reigns is right. The Rock's nephew. Like that flew past them. Here's right? the thing Fallon also, right? Like the way he asked it, it was like, now there are rumors that The Rock's going to be there. And I'm like, were there? Was there? Have there been? Because I don't think there really had that. I think a lot of people have said, look, they can't get The Rock, this, that, and the other thing. It's not going to happen. Kind of eerily. Uh, reminiscent of when they said ah ronda rousey's not going to be at uh, the royal rumble there's no way she's not going to be there she's on the other side half of the world and then what happens oscar wins the royal rumble and then they stole oscar's moment by introducing ronda rousey to the WWE. they have not advertised the rock officially for no. survivor series we reported not months close. ago that the rock would be definitely featured in some way in prepackaged content for survivor series and that the plan was to get him involved with survivor series now, it's kind of hard for him to do that because he's filming a TV show for NBC in uh, the other side of the world, uh, the Young Rock show season two. But you tell me this guy can't get a jet stream. Where, where's, that, a... where's that being filmed? Is it being filmed in Los Angeles? That's No, that's being filmed in another country. I believe it's Australia. So, oh. I mean, if, if he's going to New York, he's going to have to be there like Saturday. There is. You can't tell me. That. It, it can't happen because Ronda Rousey lit. Like I just said, literally did the same thing. She was on the other side of the world filming a movie and then was able to get to, I forget where the Royal rumble was that year. Mm-hmm. Literally showed up pointed at the big WrestleMania sign at the end of the show. I will guarantee, I don't guarantee often, but with as hyped as everybody is about Becky Lynch Versus Charlotte Flair. If Roman Reigns and Big E is the main event of Survivor Series. Rock shows up at the end of the night. Yes, he does. Roman Reigns wins by some nefarious tactics. Keep Big E looking strong, just like he did last year over Drew McIntyre. Usos help him out. Look at us. We're the bloodline. We're a bunch. We're a bunch of, for lack of a better phrase, we're a bunch of dirty dogs. Point our fingers up in the air. Yeah, we're we're in New York City. We're we're, we're putting the crown crown on. 
everything. And then if you smell, boom, place goes crazy. Place goes crazy. Roof gets blown off the place. You know, the roof of the Barclays Center will be on top of Madison Square Garden on the other side of New York City if a rock walks. And here's the thing, man. Doesn't mean this match is happening at this year's WrestleMania. No, they did this with Rock and Cena. They they set uh, they planted a seed and didn't follow up on it until a full year later. They could do this at next year's Survivor Series. They could do this at WrestleMania 39 out in Los uh, Los Angeles, out in Hollywood. They don't have to do it at this year's WrestleMania if they can't if they can't clear the Rock schedule. If he's got filming to do, a lot of you know insurance issues going on with there. Because the, remember the last time he wrestled, he basically tore a hole in his uh, had his literal guts spilling out of himself in that match that he had. So you don't have to tease it for for next year. You could tease it for twenty twenty three or whenever the hell you can finally fit it on the schedule. But you will get people talking, and you don't even have to say a thing. It doesn't have to be a physical altercation. It could just be the rock staring down his family. And that's it. We go black. We go to dark. That's the end of the freaking show. That's how I would do it. If you can get the rock from wherever the hell he is to Brooklyn at the Barclays center. If you smell crowd goes nuts. He takes five minutes to walk down to the damn ring, soaks it all in and just stares down. Roman reigns as the show ends. If that is the main event, I Get, I will guarantee The Rock is going to be on that show because that is the it only acceptable Money reason. in the Bank. Money in the Bank, their first big show back in front of fans after the pandemic in terms of like, mind you, they did WrestleMania, but it was like limited. But I'm saying arena show, packed right on top of the ring. John and Cena came back at the end of the night. Great thing they did after Reigns and Edge, yeah. right? Um, it makes sense. It is it predictable a little bit? Yeah, but guess what? It's good predictable. It, you it's know? formulaic. It's yeah. formulaic. Kind of like but it works. Kind of why like why break what doesn't, you know, why change anything if you know it's going to work? This is something that we never uh, really talked about. But when CM Punk a couple weeks back said that, you know, had he returned to WWE, it would have been very formulaic. They would have had him, you know, enter the Royal Rumble. He would have been a surprise return at the Royal mm-hmm. Rumble. And then he would have gone on to main event WrestleMania or this, that, the other thing, just like they did with Edge. Yeah, it's formulaic, but it's formulaic for a reason, because it's fucking awesome when they do it. That's why they do it. Because it's great. I knew for, I brought this up before. I knew and a handful of people, this isn't to say like, oh, ooh la la, me know something that you don't know. No, no, that isn't the point. The point is I still got to be a fan. I still got to take off this hat where I talk about wrestling as my job and enjoy something. And I knew about it for months. I knew that Edge was coming back to WWE. I want to say around Thanksgiving time. And that would have been November-ish of 2019. I'm sitting on a Survivor Series chair from 2019. And there was talk of him coming back at the Rumble. And then we got word of, okay, here's where we think he's being evaluated. Uh, And we had some people that knew, uh, like, hey, he's in this town. If he's here, he's talking to the WWE doctor. And we're like, really? (laughs) And we did some follow-up on it. And then we got some confirmation. But then once we got our confirmation, we were told by people very intimate with the situation said, could you please at least keep it quiet until the week of Royal Rumble? And we honored that. And the outlet I was with at the time did that. And I, and I was always appreciative of that. And But at the, whole, the same time, we kind of like knew like, holy shit, like I'm just coming back. Like this is going to be great. And it was great. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was, it was awesome. Uh, and so I think if you knew I, The Rock I, was coming back, dude, I, I don't want you to tell me. Tease me. 
Yeah. Tease me, tease me, tease me, tease me. And that, and that sets this up. I will never forget. I'll never forget that night. That that day that Edge came back. That was a horrible freaking day. That was the day Kobe Bryant died. Yeah. It was the same day. It was terrible. I I, I did. I had a long ass day that day. I had to do the entire. News you're in, you're doing news radio. You do yeah, sports I was radio doing news radio. Well. That broke. We were doing national news carts all across the country for that. It was a big freaking story. I had, you know, a new girl in the newsroom that I'm trying to explain how to do, you know, all this stuff uh, to take over for me because I had a Royal Rumble preview show to do on ESPN 1530 in Cincinnati. My co-host, by the way, the biggest Kobe Bryant fan in the world. Devastated. Devastated, basically useless for that entire show, understandably. And that's that's kind of harsh for me to say, but yeah. understandably, just was not in the right mind frame to do. It was a horrible, horrible, horrible day. One of my co same day, one of my co-workers' dad dies, and he gets the call at work. <sighs> and I watched this poor man break down. It was a shit day. I don't think I smiled the entire day when Edge's music hit and the crowd lost their mind. I marked the hell out and it just changed my entire mood for the day. Like not that the entire day was made, you know, not that I would call that a good day, but my goodness, man, was that something I desperately, desperately needed as a major edge head. And I will never forget that moment. I jumped out of my chair so fast. I scared the shit out of my dog. I wanted to scream so loudly, but I couldn't because my daughter was asleep. And I'm like, if I wake her up, my wife is going to be pissed at me. Uh, that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm sitting there going, holy fucking shit. Like doing the Hulk flex and, and almost crying as I watch Edge come through the smoke. And he looked like he wanted to cry. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is so awesome. And then WWE missed the first spear. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Anyway, I'll never forget that day. Story time. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, we went off on a tangent there, but if The Rock comes back, I think that'll be the, that'll be, uh, maybe it won't be as big as Punk coming back, but it'll certainly be a coup for WWE. Yeah. You know, it'll be another reminder. Hey, Rock ain't showing up anywhere else. And, and that, would the Rock the show up way, that would be the only acceptable way, the only acceptable way, or the only exceptional reason, I should say, uh, for Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair not to main event this show speaking of the show kev do we want to do our survivor series selection let's let's run them down here let's jump Why right the hell into not? it well, uh, becky lynch and charlotte let's talk about this big one here this is brand versus brand they both represent raw and smackdown as champions so we'll kind of that'll be the rigmarole here of uh of the different matches on survivor series they're sticking with that across the board um who wins because that's another thing we didn't talk about who wins this match yeah and oh god see I don't know if I'm more excited or concerned for this match because when you have Becky Lynch going on national uh, talk shows and radio shows and TV shows talking about, I can't trust Charlotte Flair. I need to be able to trust her because our lives are literally on the line. And that is a very, very true statement. If you can't trust the person you're working with, don't wrestle them. It's never a good idea. And that's what makes me think this is more of a work than a shoot because if Becky genuinely could not trust Charlotte, this match would not be happening as to who goes over. I, I have a feeling it, it's going to be by nefarious tactics, but I think Becky Lynch does go over. I think she's kind of riding the, the, the momentum on top right now. 
And uh, if I had to pick a winner, it could very well end in a DQ, but I think Becky will uh, end up coming out on top in this match. But it'll be dusty. They'll, 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 it'll, it'll definitely be dusty. I, so Charlotte, no so Charlotte has some saving face here. Maybe yeah, there's no something. way we're getting a clean finish with either this one or the men's match, to be honest with you. Uh, Roman Reigns, Big E, WWE Champion versus Universal Champion. Uh, this is uh, certainly the biggest match for Big E's career uh, so far in terms of matches he's, ha- he's had. Uh, they certainly ramped this one up this week here on Monday Night Raw. I thought this was one of the highlights of the show. And that's another thing. Big E's quite busy with Kevin Owens. Uh, what's going on with him? And Kevin Owens kind of turning heel on him. And Seth Rollins having a title shot against him down the line. Even Otis, uh, you know, kind of <laughs> staring him down. Uh, so they, they've they've done a good job of setting up, laying the seeds. I think I've said that seven seven times on the show already, but you know, le- stacking them up for Big E of like, okay, who are these guys down the line leading up to WrestleMania that are going to be standing in Big E's way? And we we have these guys now. Does he lose that recently built up momentum here? Because I don't think many people think he's going to beat Roman Reigns. I don't paper. think there's a, a chance in hell uh, that that he wins this unless you know they decide to do something different, where. The Rock's music hits while the match is going on, allowing Big E to hit Roman Reigns with the the big ending and pin that man for the first time in two years. I don't think they're going to do that, though. If they do that, then they're definitely doing Rock versus Roman at WrestleMania. Yes. This, this to me, honestly, screams more as a buildup for Reigns versus King Woods at day one for the Universal Championship. So I think we are going to get more bloodline new day just gang wars type stuff here i think chaos will ensue i think kofi and woods will get involved here i think the usos will get involved here and roman reigns will find a way to uh, choke out a distracted biggie he'll pass out he won't get pinned he won't submit um but all hell is going to break loose in this one and at the end of the day roman reigns will have his arm raised as he has for the last two years a lot of fun things here. A lot of setup. A lot of angles here. You know, yes. th- this is uh It's going to be fun. It ain't going to be clean, but it's going to be fun. WrestleMania season maybe starting a little bit earlier than we thought uh, this year. Uh, Survivor Series has the consistent classic of the four and four tag team matches. Now, sometimes these have been put together with uh, personal issues that kind of connect a bunch of different characters it is an all-star game that's what they're going for here yeah, much like the, the royal rumble is here yeah but this is basically the royal rumble, the NBA all-star game right? the royal rumble you have stakes the stakes are brand supremacy the vague term of brand supremacy and what does that mean when these guys just got drafted to different shows we were talking to drew McIntyre. he was on raw for he was a top dog there for years right, right? Uh, and now he's trying to reposition himself on SmackDown again. Um, this, I do think these matches can be exciting for the men and the women. Uh, we've had some shuffle with them. Aaliyah has been taken off of the SmackDown women's team. Uh, Dominic and Rey Mysterio have been beaten out of the Survivor Series team. So Literally beaten. <laughs> by Bobby Lashley. So they're doing plenty of different things. Uh, this feels like a catch-all for a lot of different storylines going on with other people and their own things. The two teams against each other seems beyond secondary. Yeah, and, and this is this is what, what I alluded to earlier about. Is it time to kind of revamp Survivor Series a little bit? It is. I still find, I, I don't know what it is about them, and this is something else that I talked to Drew McIntyre about that uh, we, we didn't show you. Talking about you know, loving these Survivor Series matches, the, something about just the, the elimination style of it and these... Um, 
you know, just the the fun of these matches themselves. The, the, whether they have stakes or stipulations or not, there's still a fun match uh, mm. to watch. It is the battle of brand supremacy for me that does not make any sense, especially with it being close to this draft. You look at Austin Theory, Kevin Owens, um, uh, Finn Balor, and Seth Rollins, all of whom were on different brands three weeks ago. The only mainstay for Monday Night Raw is Bobby Lashley, and he wasn't even on the team initially. You look over on SmackDown, you got King Woods, you got Jeff Hardy, you got Drew McIntyre. All those guys were on Raw just a few weeks ago. We don't know who the fourth person is, but let's just say it's Sheamus. Guess what? He was on Raw a few weeks ago as well. So it doesn't make a whole lot of sense here, and there is no stakes. It's not like the winner gets anything other than bragging rights, which is enough for Drew McIntyre, but it's not enough for a lot of the fans out there. So I would like to see a revamping. Not that I don't want to see these matches, but have something on the line. I loved I don't know if you saw this, but uh, King Woods did an interview where he said the losing team should then have to have an elimination match for spots one through five in the Royal Rumble. And then the winning team should have to have an elimination match for spots 26 through 30 in the Royal Rumble. Completely agree with that idea or or something. You know, I remember many years ago, mid 2000s, they had a Survivor Series team, Raw versus SmackDown. The winning team got to run and call the shots on their proverbial television show for one week and the, the corresponding weeks after. So it made post Survivor Series where you're just waiting for things to get ready for Royal Rumble. You know, and they kind of hold some stuff off. Right. Um, that that was entertaining. Um, I, there's some stakes. Give me something that you're fighting for. Give me a prize. You know? Yeah. Now, just because there isn't literally anything on the line doesn't mean that the booking doesn't matter no uh last year it turned out to not mean much for the women's match because you'll remember uh lana was the sole survivor last year um and yeah literally uh nothing uh came out of that i honestly don't even remember who won the men's match to be completely honest with you i know smackdown oh it was a clean sweep that's why i don't remember because raw literally swept everybody through that's how they wrote Seth Rollins off. That's like, that was the, the big thing that, that happened last year. But there are, especially for this men's matchup, what did we talk about with Big E just a moment ago? We talked about Seth Rollins and we talked about uh, Otis and a, and a few other guys. It looks like we know who some of the challengers are going to be for Big E moving forward. We don't really know who the challengers are going to be for Roman Reigns. And I think you could set that up, which is why I am picking in this Survivor Series matchup, SmackDown to win with two survivors. Drew McIntyre to help build up some of that equity that he was talking about, and King Woods to kind of continue his run and build up his equity. So Woods will get the shot at day one. I'm not saying he's going to win it, but he'll get the shot at day one. And then Drew McIntyre, again, building up his equity there, will eventually be... Uh, be presented as a challenger for Roman Reigns. We have open slots on both of these matches. Yep. Uh, and what do you think happens here? We have open. We have an open slot on the SmackDown women's side and the SmackDown men's side. Is there a call up? Is there a surprise return? Uh, Leah yanked off of the women's team. They're simply just saying this is too early for you. And on the SmackDown side of things, some changes as well. Yeah, I, I think unless they're calling somebody up, I think SmackDown's going to end up being Tony Storm. We did just see her uh, show up and uh, uh, approach Charlotte after not being on TV for, for quite some time. So that was a very welcome sight 
uh, this week. SmackDown did a really, really good job of showcasing literally the entire women's roster um, this past Friday. Uh, did a fantastic job of that after. Which it, they you know, needed. They which needed they needed because they yeah. have been neglecting that for quite some time, especially heading two hours of TV. It's not raw. You know what I mean? Right, it's exactly. not raw. We have three. But you have a very stacked women's roster. Yeah. You know, nine, ten deep. You you got to give find more time for them. Come on, you got Roman Reigns taking five minutes to walk to the ring. Sometimes, Sometimes get eight. Cut. Sometimes eight. Uh, and then you have a commercial break. So really, you the entrance. When Roman Reigns actually starts talking, it's been fifteen freaking minutes. All right, there's a lot you can do with fifteen minutes. Uh, but I think Tony Storm will be the one that takes that spot again, unless there's a surprise, because Sonya's not going to put Naomi in there. And she just took Aaliyah off of it. So unless she takes the spot herself, that could be the surprise that Sonya Deville ends up taking that spot herself and ends up being maybe the, the sole survivor. I don't think so. Uh, I think they're setting that up uh, for somebody else, which we'll get to. But for the men's side, I genuinely have no idea. I think Sheamus makes a lot of sense. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll go with Sheamus. Maybe Drew McIntyre knows something. Maybe he doesn't. But I think Sheamus makes a ton of sense there. Let's talk about this one. Usos versus RK Bro. I think this could be a sleeper of a match here for this show. Oh, it's gonna bang. Yeah, yeah. I, Usos don't. They do not miss when they get these tag team matches. I think people kind of write them off. Oh, they're the greatest tag team, but they write off their pay per view matches. It's worth noting. Uh, this will be Randy Orton and Matt Riddle taking on the Usos. This will be Randy Orton breaking the WWE record for the most pay per view pro wrestling matches. He'll break, he'll break Kane's record here with 177 matches on pay-per-view. I, I did the math record. on this, by the way. If you go back to his debut in 2002, this is an average of over nine pay-per-view matches per year for the length of his career. With those injuries. You yeah. Know? That's with those insane. injuries, which is crazy. The longevity of that is insane. It is incredible that when people have that, you know, obligatory, who's the greatest of all time, who's on the Mount Rushmore, this, that. Randy Orton's name hardly ever comes up. I don't know why that is, but people don't recognize him for how incredibly, incredibly good. He might be the best of all time at the little things that people don't appreciate, which what is what makes him a great performer overall. And Drew, uh, Drew McIntyre in that interview gave you some insight on that, didn't he? Yes, he did. Another yeah. reason to go up on the Sports Kid Wrestling YouTube channel right now and watch that bad boy as soon as something we're done. makes me think. Uh, something makes me think the Usos win this. I have no earthly idea who wins this. You pick the Usos. I'm gonna pick RK Bro. Okay. <laughs> Damian Priest, the United States Champion, versus Shinsuke Wait, before, Nakamura. Before we, this, before we do this, because I'm I'm gonna go off on a tangent here. Just a warning. Did we actually tangent pick, up? Did we actually pick the women's match? I don't think we did. Oh, we, we didn't pick the women's match. We know. Yeah. To me, it's like who stands out. It's almost the brand part. It's like, well, who's gonna show off in this? You know? Yeah. Um. Again, it doesn't mean that stakes aren't on the line. I no. think somebody who needs a huge, huge win is Liv Morgan. There you go. You're a, you're a Liv Morgan supporter. I am a, I, I will live and die with Liv Morgan almost as much as I will Becky Lynch, which is why I'm I'm torn. Uh, you know, with with this feud that is starting up here, but. They did kind of make Liv Morgan the challenger for Becky out of nowhere. And mm -hmm. this screams to me that this wasn't always the plan. Like this was kind of like, a, yeah, all right, we'll go with Liv Morgan, especially when they filmed Tribute for the Troops like several weeks ago. And mm -hmm. they had Bianca beat 
Liv Morgan. So on Monday, Liv Morgan wins the number one contendership for the Raw Women's title. And then on the following Sunday, she's losing on a nationally televised show to Bianca Belair. That was filmed weeks ago. This tells me they didn't plan this out very well or they just didn't care. Uh, but two million people tuned in to watch Tribute to the Troops to see Liv Morgan lose. She needs a big win. I think you got to keep Bianca looking strong as well. Although Dewdrop could easily show up uh, and take her out of the match. So I'm going to say that Liv Morgan is the sole survivor for Team Raw. And they beat uh, Team SmackDown. Now we can go to Shinsuke Nakamura and Damian Priest. Let me scroll down here. All right. Uh, let's talk about it here. Shinsuke Nakamura has been getting a little bit more of a highlight. You mentioned tribute to the troops. He did get to tangle with Roman Reigns at that show. Let's just put it here. Uh, losing to Roman Reigns is in itself a promotion in WWE. <laughs> like, like, like losing to Roman Reigns is not getting buried. Like you're losing to Roman Reigns. You're in the ring with the biggest star in the business at the moment. Uh, and Nakamura getting, uh, I think, a reboot just by having the title again. I know they've kind of cooled it off, uh, but he has the hottest. No, 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 no. So that, and that, hang on, hang on. Yeah, He's okay. had the hottest entrance in wrestling. He is over with casual wrestling fans in a big, big way with Rick Boogs. Um, but this does feel like the, you guys are both on brands. You're both going to have a match. And here you go. It's Damian Priest versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, I do think this could be a surprising match if they get some time. I don't know how surprising it could be, though. I think every match on this card is going to get the time because they only have six. Which, by the way, we uh, we'll have to we'll have to add it up uh, at the end because we we might end up with a a three three tie here, but unless they add another match, they could always add another match. I don't know what it would be, but if they have the ticker going between the two brands all night, that makes it's going to make it a lot easier to say, all right, they're going to do this, they're going to do that, they're going to do yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm honestly surprised that this match is on the card. Okay, why? I I, I really am because. WWE, especially recently, has not given a flying F about either mid-card championship. Shinsuke Nakamura has defended that belt all of twice on television since he won it. Last time he defended it was in September. He has also lost his last four televised matches, including, by the way, a tag match that he didn't need to be the one to get pinned in. They deliberately had him get pinned by Angel Garza when they could have had Rick Boogs be the one to eat that pin. As a matter of fact, Rick Boogs has been more protected than Shinsuke Nakamura has in this Intercontinental Championship run. Damian Priest... Can't, you can't have him looking bad if he's playing guitar out there, man. <sighs> Damian Priest, meanwhile, although he is undefeated in singles action since coming up, mm -hmm. they put this United States title on him on a three-hour show he hasn't been on TV in weeks. He was not on television this Monday. They had him doing media last week, said, I don't know what my role is on Survivor Series. I think it's going to be a big one, but I, I don't know. Then they announced this match. They don't put him on television to build toward it. This is could easily be the best match of the night. And WWE doesn't care enough to put Damian Priest on television for two minutes to hype it up. You have the Intercontinental Champion, who has not defended his title in weeks, who is on a four-match losing streak, going up against a guy who hasn't been on television in three weeks. These are your mid-card champions. Can we book them, please, like you give a shit? Because it is so clear that you don't care about either one of these titles, and it sucks, and it really sucks for Nakamura, because they do this to him 
every time they give him a title. Remember the United States of Knock America? He never defended it. He was barely on television. The what happened to that country? His first intercontinental what title. What happened to Knock America? I don't know. I'm going to be genuinely concerned when he does have to defend it, though, because whenever they do have him defend it, after basically being a parking spot for months, he loses it. If you're not going to use these titles, why have them? I'm not saying get rid of them. I'm saying use them. That's the I don't. I don't. I don't mean to. I don't mean this to dumb like, down what you're them. saying. I don't mean to dumb down what you're saying. And I'm not. And you'll call me an apologist. But that music hits, and he's over. I. That's and, and he's over. And he's over. Fine, and, but he's better than a dancing clown, Kevin. Yes, he's better than that. He's not was, a dancing I'm clown. I'm agreeing with he's you one in of that the regard. Best professional wrestlers on the freaking planet i agree i agree with you in that regard i agree he is the intercontinental champion and that used to mean something i want it to mean something again i also think priest could take the loss here i don't think it'd be be no not a chance not a chance you don't think he can no i think you continue you have to continue to build damian priest as a challenger that might be my wwe championship match at wrestlemania to be completely honest with you is Big E versus damian priest the Damian Priest that we did see before they took him off television, we started seeing that more aggressive side of him. I saw more, they, they, they took away his rock star entrance and gave him this more serious Damian Priest entrance. I think this guy, he might be my Royal Rumble winner, to be completely honest with you. This guy versus Big E for the WWE Championship at WrestleMania, that's a match that's money. I'm not having him take his first loss to a guy who literally the only thing they do with him is that dance down to the ring. You remember at, at SummerSlam, they didn't even announce that he was on the card. They literally just trotted him out there like a per, like an elephant parade, and he danced around the ring, and then he left. We're like, what's, what's going on here? That was right after he won the title. He's defended it all of twice in SummerSlam. What are we doing? Oh, Damian so Priest. you don't want Priest Damian, to lose. You don't Damian want Priest, Priest to lose. Let me get this straight. You don't want Priest to lose, right? Yeah. But you want Nakamura to shine. Yes. I, I think this match. So you want them both win. to win? No. I. You can make Nakamura look good in a loss. Sure. But I think Damian Priest, since he hasn't lost in singles competition yet. Nakamura looked great in that Roman Reigns match. Roman, oh, sure, Roman, gave, Roman yeah, gave him I'm a not- ton of offense. Uh, yeah, you know? I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that he hasn't looked good in his matches. I'm just saying he hasn't. He, he's not been winning. So go ahead and just continue that for one more match, and then start booking him okay. like the damn Intercontinental Champion. Damian Priest continues his singles uh, success. He will not lose his first match yet since being brought up uh, in January, and uh, I think he wins arguably the match of the night that WWE cares the least about. I would be surprised. It? I would not be surprised if they moved this match to the freaking pre-show. True. True. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Uh, if they, especially if they do some big rock promo at the end of the night, you know, you want to have the time to do it. So um, it's worth noting. We have no new information on the rock showing up on the show. I didn't want to get off air and have you guys thinking like, Oh, we're just stirring the pot with everyone else. Roman Reigns is doing on network television this week. So don't, don't get honest like that. That was, that was happening with him on a nationally televised talk. I'll show. stir the pot. I am guaranteeing the rock is showing up. Shut up, shut up, Rick. If Roman Reigns and Big E main event. Rick, we have to protect our sources. Okay? Okay? I have no sources. I'm just bullshitting. But I'm guaranteeing you, if that match main events, The Rock is showing up. Hang on. Hang on. I mean, I got to look at my phone. Ah, great. It's Stanford. Look what you did. 
Oh, shit. I do have an email. <laughs> it was that quick. It was that quick. We have a tape show, and they knew we did this. Well, do you know <laughs> they watch us, Kevin? They do. They do. They do. They, they uh, stole my happy Corbin transition right from my brain and did it in Las Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. They gave, uh, what is Corbin? Corbin's still trying to grow some weird facial hair. Maybe they stole that from you as well. No. <laughs> as you do it, as you do it, you cover your chin. Hey, I'm on week three. The mustache is coming back. All right. There you go. It Take grows in slowly, but it will gloriously erupt. When we, st- w- by the time we're doing this show, uh, our big Christmas show. All right. This will be yeah. flush and full again. Flush and full. Yes. Okay. You can follow. You can follow Rick Uccino on Twitter at Rick Uccino. You can follow me on Twitter at Kevcom. It's K E V K E L L A M. If you haven't done already, follow Sports Key to Wrestling. S K Wrestling underscore. Give us a follow there. Uh, we do the Inside Cradle every Thursday. If you listen to an hour and fifteen minutes of us talk wrestling, we do a lot of content. A lot of it. All right. And I just want to say, I appreciate the time you've given us because time when there's so much content is so big. There's so many different things you could watch. You could listen to. Maybe you're listening to us while you're doing work or you're working out or something like that. I hope we gave you a fun escape. I genuinely mean that. I genuinely appreciate the time you spend with us because this is our job. Like, and we're just thankful and grateful for that, especially, you know, going into the holiday season and stuff like that, too. And the weird place that a lot of us have been in our lives recently in the last year or two. So just, you know, take your brain off a little bit, yell about some wrestling like Rick and I are doing. Knock America! And uh, Seriously, nobody remembers that man was the United States champion. Not one person except me. I feel like I'm the only one that remembers Shinsuke Knock America. (laughs) Which was brilliant! They took a brilliant concept and just shit on it and said, ah, screw it. We don't need to put it on TV. Subscribe to Sports Kita Wrestling on YouTube if you haven't. Get us to 23,000. Subscribe to Sports Kita on Spotify, on Apple, and give us a review. Come on, just give us a five-star review. All you do is click that five-star button, and it really shoots us up the rankings there. And then join us this Saturday for our big four-on-four trivia clash. Team Rick taking on Team Sid. It'll be really, really fun with our friends from wrestling media. By the way, I am very, very happy for Survivor Series because finally we can get the Intercontinental Champion in action on a freaking pay-per-view. That title still has not been defended on a pay-per-view since WrestleMania. Rick, you're going to wake up your kid who's napping, so calm down. The, I, my dog's already been barking the entire show at me. The <laughs> I Seriously, if, you have, if you've been wondering what that noise is, it's my damn dog. I, he probably saw a UPS guy. Uh, but... but <laughs> The IC title. This is the last thing I'll say. The IC title. You're still on this? Used to mean something. (laughs) It should again. Make the Intercontinental title great again. I freaking said it. Do it. God dang it. (laughs) Look what you made me do. Calm down, Rick. You're going to write a capital if you keep acting like that. That's what's going to happen here, all right? Just reel it in. Reel it in. Everyone at Sports Keto which is to say that we do not stand by the political oh, statements God, you of just one Rick Uccino. I'm laughing so hard. All right. Thank you guys so much. I think on that note, it's a good time to sign off. I tell you, you can get everything you want at sportskita.com for wrestling and more. Download the Sports Keto app on Apple and Spotify.
You're gonna you're gonna paint your face and wear a Viking helmet oh, God, just I'm embarrass the company. Oh. <laughs> oh Jesus! Just end the damn show. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy wrestling, everybody.